Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Teagan. Today, I have Beck and Andrew from Willow and Wolf. Located in Canada, these two incredible photographers are photographing at some of the most adventurous and epic landscapes you'll ever see. I'm really, really excited to jump in with Beck and Andrew and uh, hope you enjoy this. As always, if you enjoy the episodes, feel free to head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It means so much to us. And let's jump straight into it. Thanks for joining me. No, oh, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Nice yeah. to meet you, Ryan. Yeah, you too, guys. So um, for the, for the listeners out there, Beck and Andrew, do you want to let them know where you guys are based? Yeah, we're based in Canmore, Alberta. So I don't know if you know, it's kind of like right near Banff. Yeah, right in the Rocky Mountains. Beautiful place. Yeah, the closest city is Calgary. So we're probably an hour west. So straight as you hit the mountains, you hit Canmore. It's a gorgeous little mountain town. Beck, do you have an Australian accent? I do, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like hearing like Canadian and then I'm like, no, wait, that doesn't sound right. No. That doesn't add up. No, I'm from Byron Bay originally. So I've been here for probably what, Andrew? I don't know, six, seven years? Yeah. Yeah. I met Andrew over here traveling, of course. And then, yeah, we kind of met up again in Australia and we lived over there for a little while. It's actually where we started, Willow and Wolf. In Byron? Yeah, yeah, actually, well, I was living in Sydney at the time. I just finished university. Okay. I went to UTS in Sydney and I studied graphic design. So I did a little bit of photography in there, but yeah, mainly graphics and illustration. And we were and, just trying to figure out what we wanted to do, really. And yeah, Andrew, like Andrew, he's a business boy. He studied business over here and tons of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but very into photography. Like you, when I met you, you were. Yeah, I've been doing it forever and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then we kind of knew we wanted to do something creative and yeah, that's kind of where, where photography, our photography journey started in, in Sydney. Wow. So Beck, so you were traveling throughout Canada. You met Andrew, yeah. you came back to Australia, kind of found your feet with photography in Australia. Is that a kind of the timeline? Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll start from the beginning. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was studying I deferred university like two years in because I knew I wanted to see a bit of the world. And I actually kind of traveled around for a full year, but I stopped in Canada for four months and we, I actually flew into Banff and I don't know if, if you've been there before, it's like Byron Bay, but in the mountains, <laughs> so mm. me and my friend rocked up there and we were like, uh, maybe, maybe we're looking for something a bit different. And we met this guy and he showed us a photo of a little place called Waterton Lakes National Park or Andrew, if you want to say it. Oh, what's the Wa- proper Waterton, <laughs> if, you have, if you have a Canadian <laughs> accent. And yeah, I just, we worked down there for four months and I was waitressing Andrew. And that's where I met Andrew. He was bartending. Um, at a little hotel called the Prince of Wales. Yeah. And yeah, we kind of spent the summer together and then we bonded over photography and yeah. kind of going out shooting together. And- really hiking and photography is what what we kind of love to do together from the very beginning. So it's it's kind of yeah, interesting to think about now that it's kind of what we based our business on and we're still doing. Mm. But yeah, then we like after that summer, I was like, okay, see ya, I'm going, I'm going back to Australia. He was like, see, I'm going snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of went our separate ways. And then two years later, he came to Australia. And that's where we kind of reconnected. Wow. And where we, yeah, started everything, really. And then what took you back to uh, Canada? Right. So we were, 
We like traveled around Australia for two years, I think. We bought like an old ambulance and kind of fitted that out into a camper van and just like bummed around that for a little while. It was a Ford Commodore ambulance. Oh, with the high, I know the ones. Yeah, have you seen them? I think they're only made in Queensland. They are wild. Yeah, Holden Commodore. Yeah, Yeah, they've been in here. Oh, sorry, Holden (laughs) Commodore. I said Ford because we have a Ford now. Holden Commodore. And oh, it was a piece of shit, this car. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everything that can break in the car broke in this car. Like we spent everything, like all of our savings on that thing. But it was fun. Like we drove around and and we're taking photos. And at, at that point, we didn't really know what we wanted to do. We were kind of taking photos of everything. We were doing sex tourism jobs and, yeah, and I was around. drawing and just doing would, a lot of landscape work and lots of hiking. Yeah. And then I guess like you you met someone working through a paper place. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was working at a paper shop in Sydney kind of part-time and I met th- this woman came in, which to this day, I don't know why I did this. It's so bizarre. Like I'm not this type of person, but we did a lot of wedding invitations and she came in and she was talking about wedding invitations. And I was kind of like, Oh, have you got a photographer yet? She's like, no, we don't, but we're getting married in Seattle. And I was like, Oh, oh that's like, that's interesting. And I showed her Andrew's landscape photos. And she was like, oh my God, my husband would like my fiance would love, would like love that. And she showed her fiance just like this, I don't know, collection of a, on a really just, bad website at that point. And anyway, they ended up flying us to Seattle for their wedding. And that was the first wedding we did. <laughs> yeah, they got married in the San Juan Islands. Yeah. And no, we loved it from day one and just yeah. being able to travel and meet sweet people. And yeah. I know Andrew was like skeptical on the whole wedding thing. And then when we did that wedding, mm. he was like, oh, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm good. Oh yeah. I, I thought you were lying for sure. I was like, no way, no way. Don't book us for that. We don't have any portfolio and yeah. yeah, so worked out well and we're still doing it. Wow. And, and then, so I'm still trying to work out and then you made your way back to Canada. Right. Yeah. So we, from that point, we were like, this is perfect. We can travel back and forth. Like we can book weddings in Canada and see Andrew's family and friends. And then we can book weddings in Australia and see my family and friends. And it was kind of like the perfect balance for both of us being so far, like being, being so far apart. Um, so for two years, we went back and forth. We did, yeah. we did the summers in Canada and we did the summers in Australia. And then we kind of, I guess we burnt out, like long story short, it was just it was just constant and it was too much between the traveling and the booking and you're trying to keep kind of two businesses afloat in two countries. So it was a lot. So naturally we kind of fell into, you know, the Mount, like we love shooting in the mountains and hiking and that, that kind of stuff. So we decided to just do summers in Canada. When we go back to Australia, we'll just visit. So keep it a bit simpler. And then, uh, and then, so how long have you been permanently in Canada now? Uh, I'd say since COVID started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. normally we go back for like three to six months every winter, and yeah, just go visit family and yeah. kind of reset. And but permanently shooting here probably for four years, four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like the difference? Like, I mean, you guys have shot weddings in Australia and Canada quite a bit, I'd say, and you've seen a diverse range of locations and people. What do you think other than the landscape is the biggest difference between both? It's hard to pick a difference. Honestly, they're so similar. Yeah. Like 
I don't know, just culturally, the two countries are very similar and even weddings themselves, the way they're structured and people are very similar, like very easygoing, very laid back. Yeah. There's nothing major. Like the wedding songs. (laughs) Yeah. But like you talk to a lot of people in Europe and they have these like strange stories of how they like start at five in the morning or there's like yeah differences, but yeah, you don't really see the difference between those two countries. Most weddings are very like between like from our experience, pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about this question? What about the content? Because obviously the landscape is so different. Mm. Do you struggle more to create epic photographs in Australia compared to the location of where you are in Canada. You could, Andrew. Oh, I don't know. I mean, definition of epic's hard, but what, you know, very, like... Very, very, very different. Like, yes. I mean, be, taking photos on the beach, it like, is challenging. I guess it's just not as much... It's not as diverse, I would say. Yes. As yeah. the, it, la- the landscapes here. Like, when you drive, like, half an hour here, you can, like, I don't know, be out in the foothills or go to a lake or, like, it's... You still find a lot of those things in Australia, but yeah, it's not as intense or diverse. Yes. And but dif- it is different. Like, I mean, the rainforest and the waterfalls in Australia are so beautiful. Yeah. Like, I would love to shoot. I, mi- I miss, I miss doing weddings there. It is, it's lovely. But I think it was more you, Andrew. Like, you, you love the mountains, and that's your, like, that's your place. Mm-hmm. And you're very at home shooting in the mountains. Like, it comes very naturally to you. It's what you love. So. I hmm. guess that's why we were more drawn towards Canada when we, while we were shooting. The reason why I asked that question is because I had a, a kind of debate about a month ago with a friend of mine in Australia and his dream was to, you know, shoot these big Rocky mountains and epic landscapes, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he lives on the East coast of Australia beach, you know, flat, flat land beach. And, and I was kind of like having a bit, not of a debate, but I was like, I was like, man, it's beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's like, you don't see the work and effort to get to that place unless you're getting a helicopter. Like, I remember that was my goal. And then like, I went to a, and I'm not a hiker. And then like, we hiked for two hours and I had just had literally dress shoes on and a dress shirt (laughs) and a backpack, like no idea what the fuck I was doing. Oh yeah. And I got to the top and I was so ruined. I could hardly make a photograph. And I was like, literally the whole way, I was like, just fuck. I wish I was at the beach right now. (laughs) It's so much easier to walk. And so I was having this debate with my friend and I'm like, dude, I get it. Like the final photograph is incredible, but to get that, there's a lot of factors coming into place. I mean, you can drive literally to the edge of a beach you generally can't drive right to the peak of a mountain, generally. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, we're throwing around that. And I was like, well, you know, it's a bit of a contrast. Like, what what do you enjoy? No, the, the effort and, and if you're a hiker, for sure, go for it. I don't know. I think a lot of people don't think of that when they're, like, looking at all these crazy elopements. And, like, mm. in, the, in the summer, like, every other day, we're waking up at 1 in the morning to be on top of the mountain by oh, 5 a.m. Yeah. Mm. And just, like, yeah. I just, the weather, eh? Oh, totally. It's a huge, like, it's a huge learning curve. You, and you have to, you have to love it to do it. Like you have to love hiking and you have to like, like you have to love being in the outdoors and in the elements and being challenged that way to then translate that into your work. Otherwise you'll just be miserable. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely challenging. 
That's a whole nother element. And the client perspective as well, just like taking care of your couples and like Mm, the whole way to bring. Yeah. Just like, so we'll have like a full camera kit of like three bodies and like seven lenses. And then Beck will have a bag full of like blankets, gloves, like all the stuff that you know your client's going to forget. Coffee. Uh, You're like a Sherpa, yeah? (laughs) Coffee. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, we have two Sherpas, two. Yeah, bring them. yeah so you're like it's hilarious making sure their experience is really good yeah and that's like half the battle really because you can have amazing photos but if if you're yeah, miserable for sure and then, yeah. it's such a like a tightrope hey like i know a friend of mine went to nepal and he hiked for like fuck three days or something and like crazy altitude and he got yeah. sick and they got sick and then you know the photos on instagram everyone was like fucking loving it but he was telling me he's like dude it was unbearable hey like i i was not good they weren't good they they didn't like it like it killed me man killed my soul killed them for all for this you know i think probably taking on a bit too much of a challenge but definitely a sherpa right like definitely yeah and that's kind of where like where we like you said walking on a tightrope you are Mm. trying to like you want to get these amazing amazing images for your clients, but you also want them to have a good time. So you're balancing like, okay, how much is it worth yes. to hike and to punish yourself for these images? Yeah. And we're kind of trying to find a balance where like, yeah, we're hiking, we're getting amazing images, but it's not for like Yeah, 10 you, hours. you'll probably come home after it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, like you're risking yeah. your life, you know, like generally, you know, essentially no. some of the places no. that... <laughs> If you're taking clients, then you got to be safe and you got to like yeah. know where you're going. And yeah, it's nothing too crazy. It looks crazy where you are, but it might take a lot of effort, but you definitely don't want to be putting your clients in danger. No. And we're pretty good at like, we've gotten better and better at communicating with our clients at, at what it actually entails mm-hmm. when you're out on these adventures. Like it's not 30 degrees and beautiful. Yeah, in yeah. The dress. It's like fucking cold. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you don't want to put on your dress, but like we have ways we get around it. Like, well, yeah, we'll bring blankets, we'll bring coffee. And most of the time in the moment, our couples are like, this is what, like, this is wild. Yeah. It's so cold. Like, this is, why are we doing this? This mm. is crazy. But every single time afterwards, they were like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, I was about to say, it's probably what they remember from it. Eh? Oh yeah. That's like yeah. hiking in general though. It's yes. like. I don't know the story you just told about like being in your dress shoes and having mm. a miserable time, but you probably look back on that as being like a pretty special experience. 100%. And, so yeah, it's kind of, kind of one of those. Yeah. The couple were just like, it was, it wasn't even planned. Like they were just like, Hey, see that hill after the ceremony, do you want to hit it? I was like, mate, count me in. I'll be there. <laughs> professional yeah. hikers. They were actually professional hikers. And um, yeah. And then they just like put all these like hiking boots on and jackets and then backpacks. And then they had like camel packs. And I'm just like, Fuck, I guess I'll grab my whole fast bag. I guess I'll take that sling with all the shit in it and we'll go. And then like two hours later, my feet were bleeding like in my shoes. Like, and like, you know, the pace that they were keeping, I was like, fuck. I got there and I was just like, they were like, cool, can we do a photo here? I was like, just hobbling around. I was just like, mate, we got like 10 minutes before sunset. Can I take nine of it to breathe for a sec? And I wasn't and outfit you, or anything. You still have to shoot the whole rest that of the re- day. Reception. Yeah. Wow. Tell, tell me about these adventure sessions that you guys are doing in these epic locations. I'm sure some couples actually get married there, 
but essentially is it just them doing their kind of like pre-wedding photos or, or on the day photos at these epic locations? So a lot of them, they get married that day. And then it's kind of, it just depends on how they want to structure their day and if they want to include family or if they can find like an officiant to hike up or sometimes okay. back or do the ceremony. And yeah, so it just depends. So like sometimes we'll go up and do a hike in the morning and then they'll come back down and meet the family and do like a ceremony by a lake or yeah, just somehow try to include everyone. And Yeah, well, this year, I mean, this year we had a lot of, because of the pandemic, mm. a lot of people couldn't have their wedding and they couldn't have their wedding photos and you know, they probably maybe got married in the, a lot of people actually got married in the pajamas in their kitchen in lockdown and then they were like let's just plan this epic adventure afterwards and get the photos we wanted to remember it all by so every couple's different like we've had couples drag their whole family up the mountain and actually get married on top it's it just depends on the people how hardcore they are and kind of what they want to experience how much input are you guys having into helping them create these days? All of it. Too much. <laughs> that's... It is, honestly, that's most of our job is yeah. helping them plan. We help with, like, I mean, uh, most, I'd say probably 80% of our couples aren't from the area. So they lean on you heavily for where to go, what time, um, where to stay, other vendors, all of it. Like, I mean, we didn't set out to be wedding plan or elopement planners, I should mm. say, but kind of are and happy to be because, I mean, the more input we have, I feel like the better our images can be mm. and the better their experience can be because, I mean, we've done this before and they haven't. So, yeah, we're there yeah. the whole way for them. I got two questions. Adriana and Joey, I've been looking at their gallery online. That that specific wedding where they've got this cool Chevy truck and there seems to be like an afternoon hike and elopement, real intimate elopement and barbecue and stuff. Like, did this couple come to you, for example, and just be like, hey, we, we want to do this, 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 this? Or were you just like, tell me more about yours and let us come up with a plan that we think will rock? Yeah, it was actually, yeah, more of that because they came to us and they were like, they were like, fed up. Well, really? they wanted to see, they saw all of our photos and they're like, we want to go camping and we want to do this crazy hike. And then they, we kind of had to like, I don't know, start interviewing them and see like, okay, hey, what do you like doing? And like, do you have a tent and all the gear? And they're like. So in like in the beginning, they, they came to us and they were fed up with yeah. their wedding plan. So they planned, I think at that point, three big weddings. So, you know, the 200 person, they were from Ontario. So all their family was mm -hmm. invited and she was just like pulling out her hair. She's like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like it's not fun. And then that's when she came across our photos, like Andrew said, and she was like, I'm going to do this. And then she was just like exploding with ideas. They were like, we want to, we want to camp on top of a mountain and we want to, you know, do all of these things. And, and like Andrew was saying, when we got down to it, we realized that like, like he had a knee injury and they didn't have a tent and like camping wasn't really their thing. And then it kind of came up in conversation that they had this truck and they were going to road trip out or the, the van uh -huh. and they were road tripping out. And we were like, oh, like, why don't we just, why don't we camp out in the van? And like, we'll, we'll find somewhere and have a campfire. And, and he said he was like stoked on cooking. Like that's, he, he cooked up this big like steak dinner. And from like that initial conversation and talking to them, we kind of figured out who they were and and then help them figure out what would be more meaningful to them rather than them just seeing like photos of crazy people on top of mountains and wanting that. 
you kind of, that kind of leads you on this process of, okay, that's all good, but is that you? And like, you know, is that going to be a nice experience for you if you have like a, a an injured knee? So the hiking photos was just a, like a little 20 minute hike that we did yeah. with them. So yeah, through that, I think that's important. Just reining in people's ideas and kind of like, I don't know, finding out what's actually them and what's yeah. meaningful. And yeah. that's super important. Do you feel like that story with Adriana and Joey is super common with the way you guys like get inquiries and like, is this kind of like pretty much the same trajectory throughout? Yeah, quite often people want to like, I think do hikes that are a little bit longer. They want to push themselves and you kind of like rein them in and kind of, I don't know, try to create a meaningful experience. I think it like everyone just want, they want, they want photos that celebrate these crazy landscapes that they're in and where they want, like, they don't want it to all, most couples at least, like they see our photos and they love the like, that like sense of adventure and they don't want photos of like just their face. They want like the landscape and them in it. And they think like either what we were talking about, like it's too, like it's not attainable, it's too hard. Or a lot of people think that, yeah, you have, you have to go on a crazy hike to do that. And you really don't like, I mean, the mount, the, the mountain, like everywhere is so gorgeous around here that you can, you know, you can like rock up at a lake and, and have a lovely picnic and still get crazy photos. I think everyone comes at a different angle. And then sometimes we get couples who are like hardcore climbers or like trail runners and they have these crazy ideas and we're like, oh no, I don't know whether we can keep up with you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just that like, yeah, range, range of humans, range of expectations that we, that you get to meet. Do you feel as though, Beck and Andrew, if say like, cause you know, the Australian landscape trying to bring like most audience are going to be from Australia and New Zealand here. Or, or probably Australia, actually. New Zealand's quite diverse compared to Australia. But say up and down the east coast of Australia, if your business, I know it's probably hard to answer, but if your business was situated here and you know the landscape well, do you feel as though your business would take a different path? Or you would still handle it very personal in the approach of creating your own adventure as such, if I want to use those words? Oh, that's a really good question. I think there's definitely opportunity to do the same thing on the east coast like like beck was saying before there's tons of like waterfalls and it doesn't have to be like you don't have to think mountains when you you can yeah do anything whether it is just like maybe walk into a secluded beach or like you don't have to go far or do something crazy to kind of have that experience on your day oh yeah there's adventures to be had <laughs> at home <laughs> mm. and like yeah yeah the campsites that you can find in out there and Oh, there's so many interesting, unique landscapes. I just, I just hear my dad's voice in my head while I'm saying this. He's like, it's the best country in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you go anywhere else? (laughs) (laughs) So there's like, oh, there's so many places I'd love to shoot in Australia, all over Australia. And, and I think people, I mean, most of our clients, they choose their location based on somewhere they want to visit like their bucket list, mm, yeah. like somewhere they want to explore and, you know, say they've always wanted to go to, I'm going to say Banff, for example, because yeah. that's where we are. And then they look at each other and say, well, why don't we just get married there? And we'll honeymoon there at the same time. And like, we'll experience this special thing together at a special time in our lives. And I think like the same can go for anywhere, anywhere you are, especially Australia. Like I can think of millions of places I'd love to visit and to then, you know, get married there and explore explore that would be mm. yeah what do you think do you, do you think it's like similar or 
Yeah, yeah, I think there's an yeah. I'm listening here. I think it's um interesting to hear your point of view. I think um, I mean, you guys know Australia, so it's interesting. I personally think there's opportunity, but not as much to create more of an adventure as such, especially where we live on the Gold Coast, on the southern end of the Gold Coast. But yeah. I still think there's opportunity. And I, th- and I guess I'm just coming back to past history of, of previous couples, which is exactly similar to Joey and Adriana, which is just listening to couples. Mm-hmm. just totally. going, you know, what are you guys about? Like, and, and when they pull their hair out and they go, fuck this wedding planning shit. And you're just like, tell me more about you. Cause I know friends of mine in Australia that, that do very similar stuff. They do very unique work. They're creating, you know, incredible photographs that mean, you know, they're going, couples are taking their Harleys and going for rides up and down the, you know, like the, the great Ashen road in Melbourne and, and like they have a photographer on their Harley following them and, so there's definitely opportunity, but it, it's funny because I have a memory again, another photographer I was talking to a friend of mine when I was in Sydney and he was pissed because he wants to create these like adventure sessions. And he was like, dude, every inquiry I get, it's literally like, Hey, we're getting married at this venue. And like, I don't want to be like that shit. Cause it's not my wedding to say that shit, but I, I want to be able to create something. Cause I know that chapel means probably nothing to them more than convenience of all of our family live here type thing. Because a lot of couples in Australia get married within their local kind of town and community. But yeah, it is a tricky place. Like Mm. you can't, when you get an acquire, you can't like, you can't push someone. Yeah, you can't swing it to you, hey. Another direction, no. That's like, it's just super selfish and that's what you want for your photos kind of. But like, it's not always right for the couple. And yeah, we we would never try to like push someone. They've got to come through with like an idea and then you can kind of like, I don't know, push them in a certain direction and yeah. maybe it might be more enjoyable for them, but yeah, never, never like swapping from a venue to an elopement. Yeah. I'd still say though that like adventure, like elopement is a fairly new concept. Yeah, in the world for sure. Photography. Like a lot of people we get that inquire with us are like, I didn't even know this was possible <laughs> or like, or as some yeah. couples are like, I was complaining about wedding photography and then my friend showed me your work and I was like, Oh, I want to get Shit, married yeah. now. You know, like, Mm. I think a lot of people don't even know it's an option to like. And it really wasn't here and maybe started like two or three years ago. Mm. And then COVID, we were kind of aiming towards that niche. And then COVID really like pushed us into it because everything was locked down and kind of like everything fell in place so that we were ready to kind of focus on those. But Mm. maybe in the States, like five years ago, people are starting to do this. Oh, it's huge in the States. It's huge in the States. Even more so than than here, I'd say. But I, I think, think the inquiries just come down to curation. Of yeah, like I was about to say, yeah. That you're showing people and without that, then like you're not going to get the inquiries. Really. That's right. Sorry, yeah, what, what, cut you off. yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, you're just kind of taking the words from me. Exactly what I was thinking, Andrew, is that curation. I remember speaking to Gabe McClintock and, you know, he, he was saying how tight his curation was to to therefore show kind of the images that he wants to create and the kind of work that inspires him. He, you know, he generally wasn't showing local small weddings at chapels, et cetera. It was these big landscapes and people knew what they were going to get. And I mean, I'm on your website at the moment on the other computer and I'm looking at it and it's like, you can tell that you're up for an adventure if you book you guys. I know that's not just pigeonholing. That's all you do, but you know, it's an option there, which, I mean, yeah, if you're listening, if the audience is listening, I think if you want to create work, 
like Beck and Andrew, it, it's about getting that work out there and showing people like it's an option. Beck, you said something real interesting, which is a lot of couples actually, which is so true. I don't even think a lot of couples actually don't even know it's an option. Most photographers and content creators do, but the couples don't because they think the first thing is we'll go book a venue and then we'll go get a photographer. Right. And that's when the photographer, like I said, tries to maybe spin it a little bit and be like, Hey, maybe, maybe the, that white chapel wasn't so important to you, but a lot of couples don't, don't know that that's an option, especially in Australia. I do think you have to kind of live it before you yeah. get an option for people too. Like, I mean, I don't know if you want to go like camp out in the desert in the middle of Australia and do like a cool shoot, yeah. like just go do it and like do it yourself and see what it's like and take photos of yourself mm. camping and like post that as something that, that you love. Like yeah. you have to love doing it. Otherwise there's no point in doing it for other people. So true. Can you imagine us hiking up top of mountains if it's what we hated doing? Like no way. Oh yeah. It'd kill your hair. I remember like destin like the destination weddings are. I mean, isn't that a big thing? So many like a lot of photographers aspire to travel overseas pre-COVID mm-hmm. and, and photograph. And I remember I remember doing a like, you know, I haven't done hundreds, but I've done my fair few. And I'm just like, I always thought in my head, fuck, I wish there was a behind the scenes video of where I'm sleeping right now and what I've had to eat <laughs> and yeah. and how fucking tired I am. I'm literally in Korea on the floor of a hotel because the bed didn't get like put in the hotel and I have two hours of sleep before a four hour train ride eating raw eggs on the way. But then, the, the, but then Instagram sees this amazing photo and it's like, I remember just making that conscious decision being like, no more. I don't give like no more for me. I'm no good. Yeah. At, no good at this game. It's not glamorous. And that's kind of like, I, I feel like destination weddings for me would be like how you described hiking kind of. And yeah. just like, <laughs> just, I don't know, you're stuck on a plane or you're like sleeping in a tent and like, I don't know, it's not as glamorous as it looks, but yeah. Yeah. I think there needs to be a bit more, like, I, I think COVID was a big like rattler for that one. Hey, because yeah, I just know a lot of photographers when they're starting, it was just like, they see these, these pinnacle photographers traveling the world. And it's like, fuck, I want to do that. I realized like some of them aren't, you know, they're costing them more than to get there than they're actually making. And being a father, I was like, man, I just want to be home and having dinner with my son. Like that, yeah. that's yeah, pretty funny. With kids, like it'd yeah. be so hard. Oh, it broke my heart. Hey, like just FaceTiming and stuff. Hey. And then like yeah. I remember one and in Sri Lanka, like got sick and then had like real bad vomiting. And it was like the day of the wedding. I'm like, fuck. Like, who do I call? Like, I don't have anyone here to even oh, yeah, help no. me, you know? Like, and then getting an IV drip of fluids and like, am I gonna get an infection <laughs> from this thing that's literally going in my arm just to get me through this day? Will Ugh, I survive? You know. That was like, before the wedding? It was the day of the wedding. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. That's day of the wedding. 50 degree heat. Six hour train ride. To, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Literally, oh, man. Yeah. And, 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 and I can seem very easy. <laughs> I, I did um, mess up. We did book accommodation literally two days before the flight. And it was like the last one checked into the hostel. And the lady's like, no idea that we had booked. She's like, I'm sorry, we don't have your booking. We have one room though available, but not ready. And I'm like, sweet. Like, let, let me take that. It's probably why I got sick. Walked in and there was a trench dug through the middle of the room and it was the open sewer from the other rooms going through. I no, no jokes. I'm no not joking. Nice. <laughs> I was just like, this is going to be a rough night. Like there's... <laughs> 
anyway, that's, adventure. that's a bad experience. <laughs> that, that's that, adventure photography, Ryan. <laughs> just living a like Instagram. Instagram didn't see that one, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but anyway, we've all got our stories, I'm sure. But uh, I think COVID was like a blessing in disguise for that that kind of industry. I know a lot of people were affected because their businesses were built around shooting destinations and stuff. But it kind of took that the glitter off it, I guess. Yeah. For a lot, yeah, for sure. a lot of photographers. Hey, I think it gave everyone like a time to step back and like, yes. yeah, realize what's important, not on, only in photography, but like every industry and just like see what they valued, see what they wanted to be doing. And like, I don't know, everyone had a time to a lot of time to just progress in their business and kind of point it in the right direction. Regroup. Yeah. Regroup Tell yeah. me about when we, when you started doing these like adventure sessions and stuff like that to get that portfolio out there. I know you did your one in Seattle and stuff like that. Did you do many style shoots to kind of showcase the work that you were really wanting to do? We've never done a style shoot. Not one style shoot. No, no. Um, But we did definitely do shoots for next to nothing with a couple. Yeah, yeah. Because we were just like psyched on their ideas and we didn't want them to go with anyone else. We were like, no, we have to be the people to document this. Like, we love you. We'll, We'll do it for whatever, just so we can like experience that with you. And we did that for a long time. Yeah. Like we, we would do anything like, and I think getting started, we would like suggest ideas on like day after shoots or like we would even pay for our own heli sometimes just to like have that in our portfolio or just like, yeah, whatever we could do to like have that in our portfolio. Cause yeah, like if you get paid even a little bit less than what you normally do and a style shoot, you kind of have to put it all together yourself. And Mm. we, and also it, I don't know, there's something like, it, it didn't feel right putting together a style shoot, like no. photographing some, like a real couple doing what they actually love. Like I'd rather do that for nothing for sure. than create, like curate something that isn't real. So yeah, if we like got an ink, like a couple wanted to do an engagement shoot and we like looked on their Instagram and we saw they hiked, we'd be like, how about we go up this mountain? Like we just kind of were really opportunistic in that way and like built our portfolio I guess kind of cheekily by persuading people to do stuff. But like, again, people didn't even know it was an option. Like we'd say that to couples and they're like, oh, that's a sweet idea. Like, why mm. don't you think of that? Because mm-hmm. you look at like traditional engagement photos and it's like, that's not really what you used to see. Mm. It, it's interesting you said that. Like the the thing about the whole style shoot game, it's really interesting because I think personally, I, I fucking hate doing them because I never have full creative freedom with a collaboration of other vendors because I'm generally not the oh, one yeah. that's coming up with the concept. And then I turn up and I'm like, man, that was draining. You know, like I didn't even get to do what I wanted to do and it's not inspiring. And I'm, I'm like, get this, get that. It's like very robotic work. Yeah, But yeah. it's cool how you said like, you know, like if, if you get in an inquiry and you're super stoked on it, you know, like if they're paying you like two grand, like spend the two grand and make it epic for that couple. Get a heli, get a camper, get everything you want. And like, imagine like the, how excited, like how stoked that couple would be. And it'll cost you exactly as much as you'd get for a style shoot, which is nothing generally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. You're kind of investing into that couple and yeah, yeah. yeah they would love you for it. Oh, next level. Hey. And, and then the photos that you can like, you know, you can market with would be a, 10 times better than a, a style shoot. You had no input in. Hundred percent, and not to mention like the word of mouth of all their friends that you know yeah. are hiking and similar kind of people. It's huge. I love like working with 
real people is always key, I think. Mm, yeah. Tell me, tell me, Beck and Andrew, like, do you guys photograph every wedding together? We do. Yeah. Do you ever feel like it's overkill for the small weddings that we see online? Hundred percent. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. We we talk about this a lot. And like I think at, at one point we're like, oh, like, do we shoot them separate, get some second yeah, yeah. shooters and like kind of expand the business that way? And then it's just like too much other bullshit to worry about and uh-huh. other people and also and I, we like thoroughly enjoy working together. Yeah. Like it's fun. Like I want to share that with you and the couple and spend time with you doing it and share that yeah. with you. And I do, I do think there's value in having both of us. Like there's two, there's always like two, there's a couple, right? So two people and us, two people. And it's a really nice dynamic, like, yeah. especially if there's, you know, a girl and she's getting mm. ready on top of the mountain and I'm there with her, like doing her dress and like helping her with her makeup and telling her she looks beautiful, which Andrew is definitely not going to do that. <laughs> and he's with the dude being yeah. like, yeah, this is fucking weird. Like, I know you feel weird <laughs> taking photos. Let's just like have a beer or a coffee or hang out. Like it's very different dynamics. Mm. And I, I do think there's an advantage in having two and of us there. We both look at things very differently as well. Like we'll come back from a shoot and like, I guess we, we always have like, I don't know, different cameras and different lenses. We know what each other's kind of getting based on the lenses that we have on and I don't know, like you look at the pictures afterwards and Beck has seen something totally different. And mm. I think we were able to do a better job because like there's two of us. Mm. Yeah. Also, I think timing is a big factor too. Like, I mean, we're shooting at sunrise and sunset and most of the time you only have like... These are like 25 minute shoots sometimes. Yeah, like 25 minutes of like gorgeous light and you've got to just get the most, not to mention they're freezing. So like of them dealing with the cold. So you've got to get like all of your photos in like 20 minutes and having two of us, like we're literally running around like crazy people up on rocks down, like trying yeah, to get yeah. as much as physically can between the two of us. The wind's blown. It's like minus five, in, even in the middle of summer. And then like, I'll be running back with like a 7,200 and we'll have like radios on us. And yeah, we have yeah, wow. <laughs> kind of like get very different photos in a short period of time because yes. there's two of us. With the sunset shoots, is that common? And is it generally say a couple would do a sunset shoot and then have a ceremony after that? So with us, the way we like to shoot, we always like try and push for sunrise or sunset. So sometimes it doesn't really align with the way they plan their day, but most of the time couples are like stoked to work around it. So if it's sunset um, and they do have their ceremony on that day, they'll do it like earlier and then hike afterwards. Or if they do it up top, do it up top. Um, if it's sunrise, we'll normally like hike up in the dark, shoot sunrise, come down, and they'll do like a mid-morning ceremony. But again, like this is all, that's mm. kind of all the planning that we help them with. It's like, okay, what what's the most important thing? Is it family? Is it photos? Is it light? Like what what is like number one to you? And then you kind of work around that to plan their day. And when do you get to that stage back? Is that on the initial inquiry or once I've walked? No, not not really. I mean, we'll have so we'll have an inquiry usually by email, and then we'll just try and get on a Zoom call with them yeah. to meet with them. And that's kind of when we lay out like how we achieve our photos and kind of what their ideas and their expectations are. But we really don't give out like all of our like secrets and planning tips and mm. um, locations until they've booked with us. We've just found that. 
I don't know, it is kind of nice to keep that as a, an incentive, like our yeah. knowledge as an incentive mm, to book. For sure. Yeah. So for example, like say I was on a Zoom call, you'd kind of give me a little bit of advice of, or, or would you be speaking to me about my ideal day and what's important to me and saying what you could facilitate and options? Well, they kind of go hand in hand, like your ideas and how we can kind of help you achieve that is is kind of all in the same conversation, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the first call is normally, you just like, like they're normally like quite nervous and they don't know, like they don't really understand how we shoot or the process. So it's just really like breaking down everything we do and how we get our photos and then just like making them super stoked on the day and like letting them know that literally anything is possible. And like, yeah, it's overwhelming because anything is possible. But once you like figure out those key things of like what's important and like what you really want to do and experience on the day, then it's super easy. Like we'll come up with like options and you can pick and there's like incredible spots and it's just limitless really. I got two questions for you, Beck. I think on the end of that one, you said like making them super stoked on the day. Are you doing anything other than the like enormous amount of advice and, and stuff like that for the couples specifically on the wedding day to, to make them super stoked? Anything other than like, what do you, what do you mean by anything other than? So, so like, obviously you're giving a lot of advice and helping them plan their day to make it like, you know, their adventure, et cetera, like that. But on the actual wedding day, are you doing anything specific that like you think other photographers may not be doing or that you know that puts a smile on their face? I know a photographer here in Australia always takes a bottle of Fireball, like alcohol, (laughs) you know, and just like every time, just like full loose weddings. Yeah, it's like a little gift or and stuff like that. Well, I mean, yeah, like Andrew said, if we're hiking, we'll bring like coffee and Baileys and like warm clothes and we actually, if we hike, we'll always bring headlamps for the couple and hiking poles. Hand warmers. And yeah, yeah, there you go. You just got to be like super prepared. And then we have like, so we we're in our camper van. Like we, we drive, we still drive a camper van (laughs) as our main vehicle. It's a Ford transit, but um, (laughs) in there we keep like absolutely everything. So we'll have like, yeah, How snacks. Cool. We'll have extra warm jackets. Clothes. So like, like we'll roll up and we'll be like, okay, what do you guys need? Like we've got everything. Are you safe. good? Like we'll make sure everyone's like geared up, like feeling good, ready to go. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the stoke comes from how you present yourself on the day. Like we're going to roll up and we're going to be like, look at the stars or like, this is amazing. Like look at the weather. Like when you're projecting that, like this is the best day and idea and wedding ever. They're gonna feel it too. Yeah, for That's sure. definitely the hype, hype girl for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Andrew, you sound so stoked all the time. <laughs> Flatlining emotionally. <laughs> Flatlining. <laughs> More coffee. <laughs> yeah. Hey, with, with the couples that are hiking, say say like they're going for a pretty solid hike. Are you suggesting like say for example a bride to get dressed once she's at the top or almost at the top or hike in the dress? No, always get dressed at the top. Like you don't want to be like tripping or uncomfortable at all. So yeah, we'll like, we've put together these guides now for our couples. So it'll list like packing lists and like things to think about and outline everything that we've learned along the way. And yeah, so we'll, we'll just suggest they bring 
whatever like suit dress bags that came with their dress and suit. Yeah, yeah. And then we can just like hook that on their backpack that they bring or ours yeah. if, if they didn't bring one and just bungee cord it up and put their flowers in. And then, yeah, at the top, yeah, they get changed at the top and we'll just, it's normally in a mountain. There's normally no one on the top of a mountain. No one else is around. We'll, yeah. we'll take a walk and yeah, they help each other get changed up there. Cool. Has COVID affected your business and how has it changed since COVID's been around? Oh yeah. Huge. It's a changed lot. a lot. Yeah. And I think like, kind of like we talked about before, just we had a trip to Patagonia planned right when everything locked down and that kind of got canceled and we were supposed to be gone for like two months before the wedding season started. And like just having that time to kind of redesign everything, like do all the information guides and websites and has been yeah really good for our business. And yeah, but we like, we were just like everyone else, like our whole year got wiped, mm. completely wiped. And we looked at each other because like Patagonia wasn't, we didn't have weddings. We, were, we just wanted to yeah. go and explore and kind of what I was saying, like, I'd love to do a wedding there, but go and photograph it and then convince someone to go next time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we kind of looked at each other and we were like, right, only small weddings and yeah. only Canadians. And we redid our whole website, everything. And we were eleven photographers. And, and I mean, that's what we always wanted to do, but I think we were always too scared that we wouldn't, we wouldn't book up our season mm -hmm. um, just doing that. So, yeah, I think. Kind of gave us the push to go all in. Yeah. So when you say that, Andrew, to go all in to elopement. So did, for example, did you like have larger weddings on your website that you started curating out? No, we, we still have large weddings on the website and we actually post every single wedding to our website, uh -huh. which sounds crazy. Like I know everyone's like, I don't know, curate and only show people this and that, but yeah, we, we show people everything and we still do some larger weddings, but for the most part, we'll turn down most weddings under like 20, 30 people now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and then, so I, I want to know because, so you, you're posting every single wedding on your website that you photograph. We'll make a blog for almost every couple we shoot wow. on, and put it on our website. Yeah. I don't know. We were talking about this earlier and we're like, we're crazy if you're doing that. But I think it actually helps me at least. I can't speak for Andrew, but it helps me shoot because I'm like, okay, what are those special moments? Like, what is a beautiful story in this day? And there is in every single wedding you do, there is amazing moments and you can make a gorgeous story out of every day. Mm -hmm. It's just doesn't have to be a long story. It no. could be a very short mm. story, like, I don't know, 30 to 40 images and just like a little bit of every piece of the day. And, and you were saying, Andrew, like, yeah, you used to, like, you used to create albums and that was like the highlight reel of the day. And that's what people saw. And a lot of people aren't doing that anymore. So what you deliver to clients is in a blog form, at least, yeah. is kind of that highlight reel. And when you deliver that as a part of their final gallery, I think it's so much more impressive than just giving them a pile of photos. Yeah, 800 photos. Like, Do you reckon they share the blog more than they'd share the whole gallery? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Mm, like looking at the analytics and stuff, like, I don't know, for a selfish reason, like you're probably better yeah. off making a blog for every couple and they share it to 300 people. And then that's good for your SEO and everything like that. Do you think even if it's unlinked? So it's not live, but they can obviously act, or, you know, they, yeah. the public can't yeah. get to that 
web page, but the obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. personal. I think what we did, if we weren't like stoked on it, you'd like sometimes you just push yeah, yeah. it back a little bit, so it's not like on the first page of For your sure. blog, obviously. Or we have like a featured. We, cu- we do curate our blogs. Yeah, we have like a featured page, which is the yes. one that you land on, and then if you go digging, you can find everything. But Andrew, when you say featured page, you're talking about portfolio on your website, which is these kind of like these single no. photographs or no no he's talking about so if you go to our blog we have it broken up into like elopements weddings engagements but we have like featured stories and that they will be like what you land on when you click on our blog and they're all like yes i guess the, the curated ones makes sense yeah do you reckon having that portfolio page which is this highlight kind of reel of single photos or or a few photos from each wedding is really important I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, I know a lot of people visit it because I can see in our analytics. <laughs> so should, based on that, we should probably update. We it. should update it. But I also wonder. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Do you think it's it's more important to see like single amazing images, or would you rather, um, as like hiring a photographer, see how someone <clears throat> tells a story? Yeah, like I, it's, it's funny because I actually don't do this on our website, but I actually like it. I think. I've got typical male brain, which is is pretty pretty short at times, which is just wants to get things done quickly. For me, if I was a potential customer, I like, and when I went on your website, I went straight to your portfolio and I was like, fuck, wow. And then I went straight to your blog. And I think this will probably be probably similar for a lot. And then I went to the first two and I was like, okay, cool. But I think like it, it's it's gonna be a contrast to what I do because without that portfolio highlight landing page, I think they can get stuck into a single story and not see the potential in other places or other yeah, yeah, people and connection. Like, you know what I mean? Like if they only just went to one wedding, it's like, that might be the thing that the, the one wedding they don't actually envision. They don't like dogs and they're, you know, and they're looking at this one where you've totally. got yeah, yeah. like a totally. couple Lee and Corey or Lay and Corey. And it's like, they might just look at them and be like, yeah, nah. I'm allergic to dogs. These guys only do this. I don't know. But I like it. I really do. I think it's it like the Instagram like a, website. Yeah, totally, it does give you like yeah. a quick little idea of what you're about, how much value it brings. I'm not sure. I do but, like the like the potential. Yeah, like you can see straight away in a second, like, oh, like they do. That's what they know, do. Engagement, hey. Weddings, they hike. Oh, but there's a photo of a road. So they like, it's not always hiking. Like you yeah, kind of yeah. get a lot of information very, very quickly. Because blogs get overwhelming at times, right? Depending on how solid they're curated. I don't know if it's just this being a photographer that you look at a, a blog and you're just like, fuck, it's like a race to the bottom sometimes. You know what yeah. I mean? On the, on the scroll, you know, depending on how how tightly it's curated and the storytelling yeah. aspect. But yeah. I've, I've spoken, to, spoken to clients of mine and I'm just, you know, getting feedback and I'm like, how did it go? And they're like, man we looked at like two of your things and like we literally got over the third one. <laughs> I was just like, okay, let's get tighter and curating, you know? And I was like, you know, what photos stood out to you? And like the ones that we could see ourselves in and like maybe a bit of connection with family, but like group photos, yeah, it wasn't vibing, you know? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like listening, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Cause yeah, it is easy to get distracted on vlogs and just overwhelmed by the number of images or just caring. I don't think I'll get distracted on yours. This landscape just <laughs> looks next level and your photos are beautiful and the use of light is, is fucking insane. Yeah, incredible connection based as well. I want to finish off with um, one question here. Say if your business were to move to Australia, 
knowing what you know now, how would you do it differently? I also love this question because I'm very like. I would. I would in a heartbeat move this business to Australia. Who have you been talking to? (laughs) Andrew, I secretly talked to him before. He's starting a fight after this. Uh, you're like we need to have a chat off air after this yeah. <laughs> are you talking about let's so like starting fresh or what do you mean by no let's say starting fresh let's say but you have the knowledge you have right now so for some reason you couldn't use your photos etc like what would we the way your business would would kind of situate itself and and how would you do it differently or would you do it differently well I guess you could do it quicker. I feel like oh, it's we've so been shooting for like seven years and you just like slowly learn everything. Yeah. So yeah, just all the little things you pick up along the way, but... You have your knowledge, Andrew, but what would you do differently? I guess nothing really. Like, I think we didn't really care about like social media for the first five years. Yeah. We were just kind of like focused on doing our own thing, hiking. We did a couple of weddings here and there to make some money. We didn't really like take it too seriously. No, no. I um, would say, yeah, I would say we like fluffed around for a really long time. Like we weren't all in and out in weddings, you know, we were like, Oh, I was like, I want to draw. And was like, I want to hike. Like we, we were really like, we didn't focus our attention on, on weddings and, and um, it's growth. So it did take us a lot longer to progress than a lot of photographers that kind of grew alongside us, I think. But then once we did, once we were like, okay, we're wedding photographers, we're all in, we're going to learn everything and like do it properly and and like really invest a lot of time in this, I think that's when we saw the biggest reward. So I think, yeah, if we moved to Australia, just like if we started it there, just go all in with it and and have a solid plan and and places we'd love to shoot. And That's probably going to answer the next question, which is the final one. I know that was supposed to be the final one. But but I got to keep going. Let's say for some reason today was your last day as a photographer, and everything was gone from your website, everything you've you know I don't know podcast, mentoring, curation, Instagram, blogs, everything was gone. But you could only share two pieces of advice to other photographers out there. What two would they be individually? I think like maybe one would just be I don't know like it's so easy to get caught up on like things that you see on Instagram or other people's work. And you're really just doing it for the couple. Like it's not for selfish reasons or it's not to build your portfolio. Like it's like, you have to slow down and like, look at your couple and like, look at how they interact with each other and kind of like you're telling their story. Yeah. Whereas I think people get too caught up in their own shit. And it's so true. Like you, like you are, like you're in customer service, like first and foremost, like you are there to serve your clients and doesn't matter what, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what photos you want to get, what photos do they want and what are their memories? Like, what will they cherish? Like, that's all that really, really matters. So yeah, I think just like putting the clients first and, and making the most of what's around you on the day, just get yeah, looking for those key moments and important, beautiful things because yeah, they are everywhere. You just have to look for them and, and embrace it. Nice. I've got, I've got one more question. I got asked to ask you to get this individually, Beck and Andrew, favorite camera lens and why? Oh, I know you're <laughs> the Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have, we shoot on Canon. So we have 
we should share, uh, share like three R5s between the two of us. Yeah. And I always have the 7,200 on normally. Yeah. So that lets him get those like crazy, like that compression um, between the mountains and the couple. So like he'll always have that on one of the cameras and he'll be like running back to get that, like mm. those shots, which is really important. Probably don't take it off all day sometimes. Yeah. And then it's enough. heavy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know man. how you do it. Yeah. It's lighter than the 20, the what, 28 to 70 yeah, F2. That thing's, that thing's like a bucket, right? That thing is huge. But it's like three primes or four primes. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's such a nice lens to to have and be quick with. Mm. And, and then, then my my lens is the 51.2. I love it. I like, I'll shoot most of the day on that thing. I know yeah. a lot of photographers like 35 is their like go-to, mm. but I love the 50 more. So like I'll rely on Andrew for those like big grand mm. landscapes and I'll be getting all like the, the more intimate, closer shots. Hence a radio, because I bet you go to duck a few times, hey, Beck, or oh, yeah. behind a rock, right? I'm just picturing yeah. you now. I'm just hiding behind a rock. Yeah, like, like a blanket. Get down now, right? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Pick it out of the way. <laughs> That's way too much Photoshop work to remove you from there. Run away, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's, uh, that's interesting to hear that. I mean, it's seen in your work, the connection that's shot as well, plus that tight compression in these landscapes, which is beautiful. I think 70 to 200, it seems like a lot of photographers that have been in the industry for a long time generally avoid that lens, but you seem to have done really well with everything you're creating here. So first off, guys, I obviously wanted to say thanks from from myself and in Australia for what you've shared today. I think um, it's really enlightening to see that you're not one just creating these these photographs that like blow a lot of us creators away, but you're also doing this for the couple rather than, like I said, swinging around just for a selfish act. So yeah, I want to acknowledge you for for what you do. And um, do you want to just let the listeners know where they can find you guys? Oh yeah, totally. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having us. It's really, it means a lot to both of us. Um, and also for just like putting this podcast together. I know like when we started weddings, we, that's how we learn everything. Mm. We listen to podcasts and we heard what other people were doing and it's so valuable to for the industry and for it to grow so yeah it's amazing thanks ryan my pleasure and yeah if you want to find us willow and wolf maybe you and Andrew. not the australian one someone took our name oh in yeah australia, someone took so. a name in australia <laughs> i see this so i did google it and i seen a willow and wolf in australia i was like uh, i don't think yeah. so she popped up last year so not that one willowwolf.co <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> 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 and then our Instagram handles Willow and Wolf Weddings. Legends, thanks so much. 